word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study such an amazing chapter in all the Bible, Zechariah 12, your return. We just pray you for it, and we just pray that you'll open up the meaning so that we might be uh, more knowledgeable about what will happen and grow in our relationship with you. In your precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones as we're looking at Zechariah chapter 12. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free ministry. And we thank you for that wonderful opportunity to be able to allow us to share some incredible uh, things here that are happening during the week. So for those of you that uh, find yourselves in the Aventura Hollandale area, Make sure you check out our ministries as we're located in 1000 Foster Road, Hollandale, Florida, 33009. And of course, we also want to encourage those of you that are uh, tuned in uh, via our network here to uh, continue to pray uh, regarding the United States of America and also many of the issues that are at hand. And of course, uh, uh, one of those has to do with... Uh, the abortion issues and uh, pro-life and we want to we want to encourage you to pray about this movie that will be coming out October 7th and the movie is called Voiceless so want to encourage those of you that are able to check out that movie uh, Voiceless and uh, it's going to be incredible and it's a movie about pro-life they've done a great job and we just want to support these incredible Christian movies so we pray that you can get out to the theaters and also check those out again we thank you for tuning into our program and as we continue I want to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. How are things going there? Everything is excellent. It is always <laughs> better when you are on the line and we get over our technical glitches. So thank you for being on with us. <laughs> well, you know, I usually watch this over TweetCast, but this time I'm watching you over Facebook. The live is nice. I really like it. I've never looked at this on live before. I hope other people join in and yes. watch over live as well. Thank you. And Nathan, that is the beauty. You and I are two technical geeks. Can I call you a technical geek? <laughs> well, you make it look cool. I do not. <laughs> ah, no. But you and I, we love technology and we love to use technology, right, Nate, to be able to preach the soon return of Jesus Christ. So, uh, Twitcasting, uh, Facebook, they have live features and we want, we're taking advantage of those to continue to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. So, I'm so glad that you're able to see me. Hopefully, you don't mind my balding as you watch me on the other side. No, no, it just looks like all the words are backwards, but, uh, you know, maybe you're trying to psych it out or something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Nathan, that is called the horizontal plane. I finally learned how to flip the words horizontally. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nate. So, Nathan, before we start, can you talk to us a little bit about the ministry that you're involved in and just all the wonderful resources? Maybe someone is new to the program so they can take advantage of this. Well, certainly. Uh, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm an associate evangelist and web minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And folks can find out more about Lamb and Lion Ministries through our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. We have a wealth of Bible prophecy teaching information there, primarily from our senior uh, minister, or uh, senior evangelist, I should say, Dr. David Reagan. And we have their television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired all over the world on major stations like Daystar, and, uh, TBN, and NRB TV, as well as uh, many articles, magazines, social network, newsletters, 
You name it, we want to teach you about God's prophetic word. Check us out, landline.com or ChristinProphecy.org. Thank you so much, Nathan. And for those of you that are watching us live, you can see the website there in the back, Christ in Prophecy, and all the wonderful information scrolling through there, including uh, Nathan's uh, latest book co-hosted by uh, Howard. Can you talk to us a little bit, Nathan, also about that wonderful resource? Well, Steve Howell is a pastor from Kansas and I, an old friend of mine. We wrote a book together called 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. And although it teaches you the minor prophets, it's more about how to grow in their faith. Each minor prophet had to deal with a challenge to their faith, and what they learned about it is what we put in that book. So we hope people grow in their faith by reading 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. Well, thank you so much, Nathan. What a wonderful resource. Yeah, I want to thank you for uh, sharing that with us. And of course, we want to encourage you, yeah. if you're watching us live, Check out that wonderful resource, that book, and make sure you add it to your library. Uh, Nathan, I want to thank you for the copy that you gave me, and that's exciting. We, uh, so we were sharing earlier, we're starting our School of Biblical Prophecy, and this is going to be one of those resources. So I want to thank you for that, for the students. <laughs> oh, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord about your school, man. I think that's fantastic that your church is now going to be hosting a Bible school. Thank you so much, Nathan. Well, Nathan, you and I have talked a little bit about the issue that has to do with raising that next generation of individuals uh, to be able to teach and understand biblical prophecy. And you and I talked about uh, how when we go to the conferences, we're finding that we're seeing more and more gray hair, right? And less and less, and less young people. And, and that's a sad thing, isn't it? It's a sad thing. So we, we started the, the two-year uh, um, uh, School of Biblical Prophecy uh, evangelism and biblical prophecy because we want to raise that generation. You and I met at a conference and you and I were the youngest ones there, right, Nate? Remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-trib conference, uh, Tim LaHaye's conference. Yeah, about six years ago, man. We were the youngest people there. That's a sad thing because the millennials weren't represented. There you go. So now we try to do something about it, Nate, and be able to um, hopefully encourage younger students uh, so that they can also be the next generation and, and be prepared for the soon return of Jesus and also to defend their faith. So we're excited. So thank you for keeping us in prayer regarding that, Nathan. And again, for those of you that are just tuned in, we see a few of you joining us there uh, via Facebook Live and uh, other uh, uh, connections of our ministry. And feel free to post any questions or comments there for Nathan Jones or myself pertaining uh, primarily to the topic, as we're going to be looking at Zechariah chapter 12. So Nathan, thank you for, um, again, last week was an incredible program. You took us through Zechariah 11. A lot of wonderful information. And uh, would you be able to uh, recap for us maybe a few things, Nate, before we move to Zechariah 12? Okay, that's amazing. Zechariah 12 is an amazing section. We just got through 9 through 11, chapters 9 through 11, which was about the rejection of the Lamb, the suffering servant, Jesus Christ himself how the people would reject him at his first coming, and then Jesus would lead the Jewish people with what's called the worthless shepherd. Uh, for 2,000 years, the Jewish people have been exiled out of the land since 70 AD, and they have been guided by worthless shepherds, not Jesus himself. But we get to section 12 through 14, chapters 12 through 14, and that's about the acceptance of the conquering lion, the return of Jesus Christ at his second coming, and brother, chapter 12, 13, and 14 are just chock full of Bible prophecies about the return of Jesus Christ. Very exciting chapters. Very exciting. And you know, you and I, we get super excited, Nathan, because we see that the time is at hand, and we see that the Lord can return at any moment. And this is just such a relevant passage. So yeah, Nate, if you can take us through 
opening us up there, uh, Zechariah 12, that would be fantastic. Well, the first section is about Jerusalem's enemies being destroyed, and it goes verses 1 through 9. A prophecy, the word of the Lord concerning Israel. The Lord, who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundations of the earth and who forms the human spirit within a person, declares, I am going to make Jerusalem a cup that sends all the surrounding peoples reeling. Judah will be besieged as well as Jerusalem. On that day, when all the nations of the earth are gathered against her, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock for all the nations. All who try to move it will injure themselves. On that day I will strike every horse with panic and its rider with madness, declares the Lord. I will keep a watchful eye over Judah, but I will blind all the horses of the nations. Then the clans of Judah will say in their hearts, The people of Jerusalem are strong, because the Lord Almighty is their God. And on that day I will make the clans of Judah like a fire pot in a woodpile, like a flaming torch among sheaves. They will consume all the surrounding peoples right and left, but Jerusalem will remain intact in her place. The Lord will save the dwelling in Judah first, so that the honor of the house of David and of Jerusalem's inhabitants may not be greater than that of Judah. And on that day the Lord will shield those who live in Jerusalem, so that the feeblest among them will be like David, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord going before them. And on that day I will set out to destroy all the nations that attack Jerusalem. Nathan, this is, like you said, an incredible passage. And I mean, this makes references to so many things. But would you be able to talk to us? What in the world is going on here? When is this all going to happen? Well, let's cut through the chase get right to what this is about. This is about Armageddon. This is about the last battle that the world will see at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. For seven years, God has poured out 21 judgments upon the earth for their sin against God for justice, and to bring a remnant of the Jewish people back to accepting Jesus Christ. For 2,000 years, the Jewish people have had worthless shepherds, up to the Antichrist, who is the worthless shepherd, and now it's time for the one true shepherd to show up, and that is Jesus Christ. You know, Nathan, uh, the reason why I ask that question is because when you read this, some people might not understand, because oftentimes when we hear of Armageddon, it's normally a reference to Revelation chapter 16, right, Nathan, in those passages. But many people don't see this same prophecy prophesied by the prophet Zechariah. They don't uh, because they, you know, a lot of people just discount the Old Testament. They say it's done, it's finished. They try to put this particular attack against Jerusalem at 70 AD when the Romans came and besieged Jerusalem for almost three years. But it couldn't possibly be a fulfillment of 70 AD because the Jewish people lost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was burned to the ground. Exactly. The gold melted out between the rocks. The rocks thrown over into the, the valley. The Jewish people marched out, most of them starving, some even resorting to cannibalism. It was a total disaster for the Jewish people. They lost their homeland. They were spread out in all the earth. But this time, we find that Jerusalem is back. Now, you have to have the Jewish people in control of Jerusalem for this prophecy to be fulfilled. And brother, that happened in June of 1967. So we are living in a time period when Jerusalem now exists in the hands of the Jewish people to be attacked once more, and this time by all the nations of the world. Nathan, you know, right now we see Iran, we see, uh, I believe you posted something regarding the nuclear uh, deal that's going on. Nathan, all this is going to become a reality, right? 
Well, eventually, according to, like you, you talked about in uh, Revelation 19, all the way up, excuse me, 16, all the way up to 19, where the Bible talks about the Antichrist and his empire, which is called Babylon, that it's a world empire. The Antichrist one day will rule the world, first time ever, the world will have a one-world ruler, uh, but the Antichrist will hate the Jewish people and will continue to try to destroy them, will break a, a covenant, a seven-year covenant he makes with them, three and a half years into the tribulation, and then he will spend the second half of the tribulation trying to kill them. Now, we read in Revelation about how uh, a remnant of the Jewish people will be protected down in Jordan, likely Petra, but there will be Jewish people left in Jerusalem, and the Antichrist at the end of the tribulation will bring his armies to bear in order to destroy Jerusalem. And the reason being is that Satan knows that Jesus Christ is coming back and to try to thwart this prophecy Satan is going to try to destroy Jerusalem before Jesus gets back, but yeah. Satan obviously cannot work properly. It is exactly, but Nathan, you also made a great point. You gave us a number of the uh, the number of Jewish people that have. I, I always say Aliyah, but it's Aliyah return. And how many? How much is that right now? How many Jewish people? Well, that's made is about twelve million Jewish people around the world, and half of them, about a little over six million, have made Aliyah and are now back living in Israel. So again, another prophecy that's made uh, true in the 20th century, particularly in 1948 when Israel became a nation again. And so for the Antichrist, a one-world ruler, to attack, attack the Jewish people in Jerusalem, you need the Jewish people in Jerusalem. Exactly. And, and that's what we've got today. And not only that, but it, it gives a number of verses that say that Israel, and Jerusalem in particular, is a immovable rock. The nations that try to take the land away from the Jewish people get hurt. The, the nations that surround Israel uh, cannot attack Israel because they're like a flaming torch. They get burned. In other words, God will protect Israel in the last days and make them invulnerable to attack. And wow. brother, we see it all. The, all the wars that have been against Israel to try to get the Jewish people out of Israel right. have all resulted in failure. And many of the soldiers will say that supernaturally they were protected because no way could they win against such an overwhelming force. Nathan, and we've seen it over and over in the Six-Day War, uh, Yom Kippur, and, and we see God always stepping into history and doing these miracles, and people still don't want to admit that there's a God. <laughs> they don't, they don't. And even the church, many churches are blind today yes. because they discount Bible prophecy. But when you read Zechariah 12 and 14, those two chapters in particular talk about a day when Israel will be back in the land, the Jewish people will be a nation once more, and Jerusalem will be immovable. And brother, everybody is trying to move Jerusalem away from the Jews. The Muslims want Jerusalem. The Vatican wants Jerusalem. The UN wants control over Jerusalem. The European Union continually tries to create peace treaties Absolutely. to divide Jerusalem. The United States continually gets involved in the politics of Israel. And no matter what they do, they cannot pull Jerusalem away from the Jewish people because God has promised the Jewish people Absolutely. that they will own Jerusalem forever. Isn't that awesome? And today we have this land and peace and battle over what territory belongs to. I mean, just read the Bible, right, Nathan? It's all outlined there. The Jewish people can't even build an apartment complex without the whole <laughs> world going crazy. And why is that? No other nation builds right. an apartment complex and all go berserk. It's because the master of this world, Satan himself, knows Absolutely. that we're getting very close to the return of Jesus Christ. And the more the Jewish people expand in Israel, 
the more it means we're getting closer and closer to God sending his son back. Yeah. And that is coming soon, man. It is coming really soon. Exactly. And Nathan, for maybe someone who's new to biblical prophecy, uh, one thing that we want to point out is over and over in the passage that you just read for us, it gives us an indication when this is going to happen because it continues to say in that day, right, Nathan? Now, that's a reference or something. Yeah, uh, end times, last days, day of the Lord, it all refers to the, the time leading up basically to the tribulation and into the tribulation itself. Exactly, and that's what we want to share for, for those of you that are tuned in. Again, you tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Zechariah chapter 12. Again, just an incredible passage. We encourage you to follow along with your Bibles. Those of you that are following us live, you can post your questions or your comments there on Facebook or Twitter, uh, wherever you're watching us from, and we would love to get to those questions. We also want to thank those of you that have already been tuning in. Uh, Will Torres, uh, we thank you for giving a shout out uh, there to to us and, and some others via Facebook. And uh, again, we thank you guys for uh, 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 tuning in and also watching and being uh, good students of uh, biblical prophecy. Howard, Michael Thomas, again, we thank those of you. Yeah, and feel free to uh, post your questions or your comments for us and hopefully we can catch those uh, and, and be able to talk about or discuss them a little bit. So Nathan, again, this is... Um, an incredible passage. There is so much tied to it here. Verse 6 says, In that day I will make the governors of Judah like a fire pan in the woodpile and like a fiery torch in the sheaves. They shall devour all the surrounding people on the right and on the left. But Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place. And Nathan, of course, the book of Ezekiel, right? Uh, chapter 36, 37, and so on. And it talks about also the regathering of, of, of Israel, all these dead, dry bones, correct? Yeah, it's a prophecy that uh, Israel would, as a people, come back from the dead and become a nation once more. And Israel was a dead nation in 70 AD, but they are now back as a nation again. And what nation comes back after 2,000 years, man? You ever heard of the Incas rebuilding their <laughs> empire, the Mahayans, the Hittites? You know, it doesn't happen. But here, the people of the Bible are back in the nation again. And if people doubt their faith in God, they just yeah. have to read passages like this because it shows that God's plan continues to march on and leading up particularly to the last section of chapter 12, which is the actual return of Jesus Christ. Take us through that, Nathan. That is awesome. Verse 10 begins, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. And on that day the weeping of Jerusalem will be as great as the weeping of Hadad Ramon and the plain of Megiddo. The land will mourn and each clan by itself with their wives by themselves. The clan of the house of David and their wives, the clan of the house of Nathan and their wives, the clan of the house of Levi and their wives, the clan of Shemai and their wives, and all the rest of the clans of their wives. And this is an, a, a beautiful passage. Nathan, I love what you just read for us there, verse 10. Uh, again, so God is going to pour out His Holy Spirit. Can you talk to us a little bit about this? Well, let, let's give a background here. All right, we are now at the end of the seven-year tribulation. The Antichrist is dealing with an empire that is meeting rebellion. Right. He had to deal with the king of the south, likely the one of the ten kings who rules over Africa, and he had to put down that rebellion. But now the kings of the east, uh, China, Japan, and all those nations, 
they are now going to rebel against the Antichrist, and they march a massive army across it, right up the Euphrates River, and they end up in what's called the Plain of Megiddo, the Valley of Jezreel. And it's a huge valley that goes all the way from Mount Carmel down to Jerusalem, or up, depending if you count the Jerusalem is up in the mountains. And it's about 80, uh, it's so long that it will fill fill with the blood of the people in that battle, because Jesus Christ will return, and instead of killing each other, the Antichrist and his armies will unite, and they will try to destroy Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus Christ, from Revelation 20, will come back with his saints, brother, you and me, and our resurrected bodies, following Jesus back, but we will not engage the Antichrist army. We watch as Jesus Christ destroys this entire army. But the Antichrist is still back at Jerusalem. He's besieging it. He's trying one last time to wipe out the Jewish people and end this prophecy. But Jesus returns, and when he returns, he strengthens the Jewish people. So they're all like mighty men like David. His grace is on them. Uh, They have a spirit of strength, and they are being destroyed. But Jesus Christ returns, and when he returns, he lands on the Mount of Olives. And he does it with such force that the Mount of Olives splits in two, and the people can escape out Jerusalem to him, and that's when Jesus engages in battle against the forces of Satan. You know, Nathan, some people might, might this sounds like the latest novels, right, Nathan? To some, they're like, are you, are you kidding me? Because some people visit Israel now, they look at this, this area, it's beautiful, yet the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ will come back, and he will actually set foot on this earth. He will. Jesus will return. He will set foot on this earth. And it's fascinating, fascinating, the response of the Jewish people. Because bear in mind that you had read that uh, prophecy in Ezekiel 36 and 37 about Mm -hmm. the Jewish people becoming a nation here. But they don't have the spirit. In other words, they they have no soul for God. And when you read in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it's a prophecy how Russia and the Islamic nations of the Middle East will come against Israel, likely just at the beginning or before the tribulation. When God steps in and destroys these nations, and that's a whole other lesson for another time, but when he does, the Jewish people give their heart to God. Brother, 85% of the Jewish people in Israel are secular humanists. They sure, yes. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not Jewish in religion at all, but they will now, after that, accept God, but for those seven years, they will not have still have accepted Jesus as the Messiah. This passage says, when they see Jesus return, the one they appear, some they will see the nail holes in his hands and in his feet where he was pierced on the cross. They will realize that for the last 2,000 years, they have rejected the Messiah who already came to them. Yes. And they will weep and wail. The Baruch Baha, Hashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But the weeping will be great because they will realize for the last 2,000 years the suffering that the people of Israel have gone through didn't have to happen. They had accepted Jesus as the Messiah when he first came. You know, Nathan, that's a very good point. We live here in close to the area of Aventura, and it's a very high population of Jewish people. And we pray for them. We pray that God will open up their eyes, that they will come to Christ. And that's also uh, something that we see happening right now, right, Nathan? There's still there's Jewish people now coming to the Messiah. Yeah, there is a, definitely a great Messianic Jewish movement. Uh, last month I was up in Pennsylvania at the Messianic Jewish Alliance, a uh, awesome. big conference that they had 2,000 Jewish people praising Jesus Christ, Yeshua, as their Messiah. So there are definitely Jews being saved now more than ever. But, brother, they're part of the church. They yes. are... 
the bride of Christ. When the rapture comes, like us, they will be taken up to heaven to be with God. They won't be living during the tribulation. We won't be living here on earth during the tribulation. Praise God for that. But the remaining Jewish people, the remaining Gentile people that are during the tribulation will have many opportunities to accept yes. Jesus as Savior. Excellent point, Nathan. And that's why I love this passage because it talks about, again, verse 10, they will look on me whom they pierced. Uh, we also need to realize, Nathan, that sometimes people blame the Romans or just the Jews for putting Jesus on that cross. But it was our sins, right, Nathan, that also he went to the cross for us. He went on the cross for every one of us. Every one of us are sinners. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? So we all crucified Jesus Christ. But I love, not only did you, you bring up the great point with that passage, but it said, they will look on me. Isn't it interesting that Zechariah, who's a prophet, a messenger of God, delivering God's message, how it switches to first person yes. and Jesus Christ. Now, this is, Zechariah was about 500 years before Jesus came, and yet we're hearing Jesus Christ himself, first person, 500 years before he came and died on, and was pierced on the cross. And this passage, 500 years before the crucifixion happened, it tells us that the Messiah will be crucified. He was pierced. And, yeah, by, and by that piercing, the people will recognize him when he shows up. Nathan, and this is why the, the Bible is so incredibly accurate and prophetic, where it oftentimes reveals, not oftentimes, but it's the revelation through the Holy Spirit of God himself. So these are words that are God-breathed to show us clearly, for those that, that want to see the truth, Nathan, how is Jesus throughout, sometimes people think Jesus is just in the New Testament, <laughs> but Jesus is throughout the whole Bible. Oh, especially when you read the Psalms. You think you're reading uh, something David's saying. Right. And then it all of a sudden switches to God and it's first person, and the Psalms are wonderful in that because you get the inside thinking of Jesus. You, you well, like take Psalm 22, for instance. It's a play-by-play -play of what Jesus thought and felt on the cross. Play-by-play. -play. You can read the Gospels and say, hey, you know, Jesus died on the cross. But if you want to know what Jesus thought on the cross, you read Psalm 22. And prophecies like this give us an insight into God's heart. Mm, excellent point. Thank you, Nathan. And Nathan, we'll also take the opportunity in every program to invite someone out there that doesn't know Jesus to come to him personally. And we're going to give those of you that are tuned in an opportunity, maybe... Uh, you're tuned in and the Lord led you to this program and you recognize you don't have a relationship with Jesus. We want to give you an opportunity uh, to come to Christ. Also, we want to thank again those of you that are tuned in from uh, various parts of, of the world. You're tuned in. also want to say uh, thank you for Brian Vandercody. Uh, there you in Lima, Peru and many others. And we, we thank you for your prayers during our program and also for tuning in. And we also want to keep in prayer. Whoever else may be is watching or listening, whether it's now live or in a future time that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Nathan and I, we're doing this is so you can come to Christ today while there is still time. And Nathan, one of the things we do is that you take the opportunity as an evangelist that you are to share the gospel uh, with individuals so they can come to Christ while there is still time. Would you be able, Nathan, to maybe share with that person on the other side that maybe doesn't know God how they can start their relationship with Him right now? You have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ because He paid for it. He died on the cross for your sins. And so if you accept that sacrifice in faith, you can stand before the Father holy and pure because the punishment for your sins have already been paid for by Jesus Christ. But it's a free gift that you have to accept. Pray from your heart, something like, 
Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. Jesus promises that he will forgive you of your sins. He will take the punishment that you deserve onto himself. And you can stand one day before the Father, holy and pure, and live in heaven with him forever. Mm, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Joseph. And it is that simple. And if you maybe pray that prayer right where you are, you trusted in Christ, we'd love for you to let us know so that we can also celebrate uh, and rejoice with you. Remember, you can always call us, even if the program is over at 305-992-9537-321 end time, 321-363-463. And uh, we would love to give you more material so that you can continue to grow in your relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. Nathan, again, this is just an amazing passage, and we do want to encourage viewers and listeners to read through the following chapters in the book of Zechariah. You oftentimes say, Nathan, that Zechariah is like a mini book of Revelation, right? It is. That 